Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Simon Alexander on the line. Simon, how are you? Michael, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much. Looking forward to this conversation. So for those of you that don't know who you are, and if you're on LinkedIn, that's next to impossible because I'm seeing your post all the time. So uh, congratulations on that as well. So I want to share a little bit about you and then we'll dive into this conversation. Sure. So I grew up with this mistaken belief, Michael, that success was determined by my job title, be a banker, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be an accountant. And so I went to university here in the UK. I graduated in the middle of 2007 to start in the financial services industry at what was probably the worst possible time because this was a year before the global financial crisis. And the company that I decided to begin my career with was Lehman Brothers, which collapsed into bankruptcy a year after I joined. And while it was a very painful moment in my in my career, in hindsight, it was a real blessing in disguise because for me, it kickstarted the longest journey that we as humans make, the inches from my heads to our hearts. Never an easy journey, but the most important and fulfilling. And that has led me to what I now get to do today, which is to coach those in positions of leadership, to speak at conferences and companies across the planet. And also during the COVID pandemic, to pen my first book, Energize, which was published earlier this year in 2022. Well, it's important work that you're doing, and you know, it's. I love the analogy about the, you know the, the very short distance from the top of your head to your heart, and boy, that is a very important road. And so many of us, you know, go off the road a little bit and spend maybe a little bit too much time in one area and not enough time in the area other area. But having them, you know, work together, that's when you start really seeing some magic in your life and really start making impact in your life, which has a ripple effect. For for everything that you do. Mm, definitely, definitely. I think that part of that is really understanding what success means to us and the sort of impact that we want to have, Michael, because if we look at society, and I'm going to connect this to my book, Energize, what we can see is that many of us are exhausted, not because we are doing too much, but because one, we are doing too little of the things that bring us joy and make us feel alive. And second, it's because we're measuring our progress and our achievement against metrics determined by other people. And so once we understand what success means for us, and that definition will be different to each of us, but once we understand what success means to us and the sort of impact that we want to have in the world, our challenge is to then design our lives around those answers. And that is when we begin to enter flow. We can only be in flow when we're content in the present, but we're also excited about a magnetic future. That's one of the things I've seen with you know, all the news about the great resignation and quiet quitting and all the things that we're seeing in the workforce is no one is in their flow. They're not even close to being in flow. And I've seen and had discussions around quiet quitting and a, a lot of it, especially even the great resignation. Mm -hmm. There's a mental health aspect to this is because people are just wiped out. And mm -hmm. 
Yes, we can point fingers at the employer, but you know what? We have to look within as well mm-hmm. because we were there and we didn't establish boundaries. We didn't mm-hmm. communicate things out. We've lost our way. And yeah, we can blame the pandemic, I guess, for some of it. But I was seeing this happen long before COVID showed up and it just was kind of getting worse and worse and worse. And unfortunately, COVID, you know, threw a match on some gasoline and away it went. But it's important to really understand who we are. And I think that's a big challenge for a lot of people is they really don't know who they are. Mm, mm, that's a very good point you make, Michael. And I, and I often say that you, you cannot have self-development without self-awareness because you simply can't change what you're not aware of. And the way I see it is that so much of society before the pandemic have been on this, this hamster wheel. They've been busy going in circles, but they are not moving anywhere important. And when the pandemic hit, it's almost as if they had the opportunity to step off that wheel and to see from a macro perspective, what is going on in their life? Am I actually doing the thing that makes me happy? Is this what I'm doing, something I really want to do, or am I doing it to please other people? And so when we had that opportunity to deepen our awareness of our present situation during the COVID pandemic, we then had the time to explore the things that we are curious about, the things that we are interested in, but we have suppressed those feelings for many years, maybe often in places decades. And that is what led to, as you shared earlier, Michael, quiet quitting and the great resignation. Suddenly we're seeing people begin to move away from blaming their employer, blaming the economy and taking responsibility for where they are and where they want to be. And also appreciating the fact that in order to design our lives, it begins with designing our days. And so they're taking back that control to live each day with intention. And the more people that do so, the more that they're increasing the probability that they're able to enter those periods of flow, where they're able to express their natural gifts, talents, and strengths in a way that can add value to the world. It's important work. And I love how you know, you're taking back control of your life and really having an understanding of how you spend your your time and, and allocate time. We'll tie into the book in a moment, but that's one of the things that I learned in, in recent years was yeah, I started keeping track of my energy, which you know mm. was coinciding with okay, what kind of foods am I eating? How am I sleeping? When am I productive? When am I not as productive? And then I basically, because you know, I had the ability to do so, and most people have at least some flexibility in how they work and when they're working, uh, especially with the pandemic kind of made that even more accessible with hybrid work and after hours and all of that. But for me, what I did was, okay, I need to have themes for each of my days. And that's what I did. So I'm a keynote speaker and I speak around the world and all that good stuff, a lot virtual over the last few years, but now I actually get to go on planes and see people. It's such a strange sensation. It's like, wow, where's the zoom controls? I don't, I don't, I'm I'm in a room with 500 people. Wait a minute. Is this allowed? Is this legal? Oh, okay, good. Uh, But Mondays are usually a day where I do a lot of my research and engaging with event planners or working with my agent or whatnot uh, for speaking opportunities. Tuesdays tend to be podcast interviews or intro calls, either me being interviewed or me interviewing awesome people like you. Wednesdays historically have been the day that I usually book my uh, podcast interviews, uh, but 
Wednesday this week is full. So that's mm-hmm. why we're doing our chat today. Thursdays and Fridays, I don't schedule. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean I don't work. But I, I keep those open in case something comes up earlier in the week and I need to have follow-up or maybe even an intro call to come up. It's like, mm-hmm. how's Thursday? And everybody goes, you're available? Because a lot of people look at the work that I do and they look at the work that you do and they go, how are you available? Uh, I know how my time works and I can control <laughs> it. So that's why I'm available. If if I don't happen to fill anything up, well, then I have a day to like, okay, what can I do on this day that's mm-hmm. going to move things forward or what's going to be beneficial for me? It might be a day where I'm like, you know, I'm going to go on a nature trail hike today, mm-hmm. or I'm going to go see a movie, or I'm going to do something fun, or I'm just going to write, whatever. And I, I give myself that sandbox to go, what am I going to do that's fulfilling and brings me joy and helps me with the flow of everything else. And by mm-hmm. doing, and again, it's, it's an ongoing thing. It's not a set it and forget it. I know everybody wishes we could do that, but we're not robotic. And mm-hmm. each day and each week is going to be a little bit different and give myself the permission to say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't have the energy to put towards this particular project at this moment. When can I? Let me move it and then commit to it. So, yeah, that's just a you know kind of a backdrop into and how I do things. So, segue into the book. You know, when when I, lo- I love the title because I think going into also the quiet quitting, great resignation, everything that we've been seeing is people's energy levels are nowhere near what they could be or should be for people. So why don't you walk us through the journey of, you know, why you decided to write the book and then and dive into, you know, some of the highlights of the book. Sure, Michael. Well, first of all, uh, I loved what you shared just now about living with intention, creating space in your calendar. So it gives you the opportunity to respond quickly to things that may pop up unexpectedly. You know, that was something that I also built in in the launch of my book. So between January and July, I did not take on any new clients so that I could give myself the space to focus on the publication of my book because I knew there was going to be demands on my time from press releases, from media interviews, uh, from podcast interviews and so on. And so I needed to create the space so that I could respond to those inquiries, which in very many cases were last minute. Um, and I had that time to to give that my attention. And so I think when we know something is coming up that is going to take a lot of energy, we can better plan around that with that data. In terms of the book, there's a couple of reasons that drove me to write about energy. The first is I was in a position in the financial services industry. After Lehman Brothers collapsed, I moved to another job, a job that was in a very toxic environment. And it completely squeezed me dry of any energy. Now, when I talk about energy, I'm talking about the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual dimensions. So physical is your health, how much sleep you're getting, whether you're feeding your body right, whether you're moving your body. Mental energy is your ability to focus, your ability to build mental resilience and to master your mindset. Emotional energy is how you relate to yourself and others, and also your ability to live in the present, not to be caught up in the past or the future. And then spiritual energy is all about purpose. You you know, if you are doing work that is not aligned to the work that you're meant to do, then you feel a bit of tension inside of you. But when you're doing work that is aligned to who you are and allows you to express yourself and your potential, then you are high on spiritual energy. So that's the first reason, because I went through a period 
in which I had zero energy. And to have gone from that place in my life to where I now am today, I wanted to share what I was focusing my time and energy on in order for that transformation and metamorphosis to occur. Secondly, when I was speaking on stages, at the end when the audience would come up to me and ask questions, one of the statements I would often, I would often get from the audience was, Simon, I love your energy. If only I could have a small percentage of your energy that you shared with us on stage, I could go on and accomplish so much more. And so I wanted to speak to that. You know, how did I get to that position where I wake up each day energized by possibilities over limitations and about what can be rather than what can't? And so I wanted to really detail the journey and the thinking that went behind my own journey, but also what I've learned in the process from others and how others have done the same with their own lives. It's awesome that you were aware of when people would ask, I just need that little extra. And in many cases, for so many of us, that's really all it needs. I deal with burnout. I talk with people that are burning out or teams that are burning out and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I always remind them, and many times they think it isn't the case, but it's actually true. It's like, mm. you don't have to change your entire world to mm. get rid of the burnout that's in your life. Some micro adjustments. I don't use the C word, which is change. That freaks people out. <laughs> I, I, I say adjustments, a little tweak here, a little tweak there. You will notice an improvement. How big? It depends on the person. But that little improvement may be all that it takes just to take that burden off, to get a little bit more clarity, a little bit more awareness, mm -hmm. to feel better. And I tell them, get sleep. I'm a big advocate for that. Mm -hmm. It's like, focus on your sleep. And, and a lot of people are like, I can't sleep. It's like, well, what's your bedroom like? What's your pillow like? What's your mattress like? How old is it? You know, what, when was the last time you upgraded that stuff? How's well, your, you know, your sheets? And, and a lot of times people, that's a little personal information, but I'm asking it for a purpose. I'm like, you know, look, it's like, find the best pillow, the best mattress, the best bedding for you. Mm. Because where are you going to spend the most of your time in one spot? Mm. Typically your bed. That Repair that damage you've done today. And then that way, tomorrow, you can wake up like Simon and I do and go, okay, what, what's today bringing? What do we got going on? <laughs> and, you know, there are days, I mean, I, and I, this is, you know, I don't really share this much, but there are days where I look and I go, I don't have anything on my calendar. And initially... There's that, oh, you know, I'm like, oh, that's sad. I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay. Opportunity. I mean, you get to pick. It's like going to the buffet and all of your favorite foods. And I know you're a foodie, all the favorite <laughs> foods that you have. And you're like, what do I want? And sometimes we get that froze moment where I don't know. So it, that's that sometimes it's like, oh, keep, and not that I'm a fan to tell, tell people to keep like this long list mm. of things to do, but you could create a little list off to the side and say, okay, when I have no idea what I want to do today, here's a list, some ideas and just pick. And mm -hmm. so is, and that's something that, you know, helps me, but sometimes, you know, other people have, I have no problem worrying about that. Mm -hmm. I, I've got so much on my calendar. I can do something. It's like, perfect. Whatever works for you. And like you said before, everything that we do from our energy and life and all of that, especially designed for us, Mm. So that's what's so important is uh, we can give you templates, we can give you guidelines, we can give you some ideas, but ultimately going back to what you said a few moments ago, mm. you know, self-improvement and self-productivity and all that, 
you have to have the awareness. You have mm-hmm. to know who you are. And unfortunately, many people beat themselves up and they don't like looking at that, which, you know, you, you can change your future. You can't change your past, but you can change on how your past impacts your future by looking at it from a different lens. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that my wife and I talk about a lot, especially when we see people or society or whatever, missteps, mistakes, whatever. It's like mm-hmm. a lot of times people, they're doing the best they can with what they have at that moment. And the key is improve yourself so you can make better decisions, which will have a positive impact on every aspect of your life. Definitely, Michael. And I love the analogy uh, you shared earlier about making adjustments, not wholesale changes, because it reminds me of our devices. You, you know, if our devices lose energy quickly, we then suddenly go and change our device uh, and get a new one. What happens is we start making small adjustments. It could be something as simple as turning your Bluetooth off when you're not using it, getting getting out of the apps you're not using when you're not using them. So these very small adjustments allows you to save energy in your devices. And they're not big adjustments, they're small adjustments, and they're similar things that we can do for our own lives. And the thing is, once we start having the energy, then we can put those tactics, those tips, those hacks and tricks in action. Otherwise, you can get given all of those solutions and all of those ideas, but you just don't have the energy to put them into action. And on sleep, it's powerful. You know, there's a there's a tip that I share within the first chapter of my book where I say, check into your own hotel room every night. And that is because often when I ask people, when was the last time you had beautiful quality sleep? Chances are it was when they were on holiday, when they were in a resort somewhere. And that is because hotels and resorts are designed for comfort. They're designed to make it easy for you to rest and relax. So as you said, you know, the bed is one of is the place that we spend most of our time in a stationary position in. So why not invest in that environment? Turn your bedroom into the feeling of a hotel room. So it becomes an attractive and appealing place to retire each night. I love that. And it makes me want to go look at my bedroom and go, okay, what do I, what do I need to hack? You know, but of course I'm, I'll, I'll consult with my better half because I got to make sure that, that she's good with that. And I always tell people, cause you know, when I, in my talks, I talk about the importance of sleep, but I, I always say it is statistically impossible that you and your partner will agree on the temperature of the room. So don't even go there, but at least you could get, you know, some agreement on the type of bedding and things like that. Although I know they sell beds now that, this side's firm, this one's soft. So, or, and there's you can adjust with pillow top and things like that. It's just an ongoing battle. It's 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 quite amazing that society still exists because that battle's gone on for uh, millennia. So, but Simon, I've loved this conversation. I'm really thankful for your time today. Uh, where can people find you and the book and other places you're at? Sure. So I'm across all social media platforms, but the two that I'm most use our LinkedIn. So you can search Simon Alexander Ong, make sure to click on the person, not the company. Uh, And also I'm on Instagram. That's another platform I use the most. My handle there is at Simon Alexander O. Definitely have all that in the show notes. So Simon, congratulations again for all the amazing work you get to do and uh, continued success in everything you're doing. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.